and join me in prayer as we go into our message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for being here, even when it seems you're not. We are sorry for believing you're not here some of the times, that you're not sometimes around, and ask for faith that will increase trust in you even in the darkest of times. We now lift the curtain of uncertainty to see your reality, especially behind the scene. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Who here was not expecting that to not happen? Anyone? Anyone? That means you haven't been here. Welcome to the new people. It is good uh, to see you and be with you. Good morning. Good morning. And let me say uh, hello. Now today, right as we get into our message time, uh, understand we will be in the book of Esther uh, this morning. The book of Esther chapter 4 is where we will continue our year's theme, understanding the Bible, God's epic story. Who's with me this morning? Now, as you are getting there, let me uh, say how great it is to be back, and I missed you. I truly did, as, as we sensed that already. Thank you for, uh, let me just begin thanking all of, uh, of our, our team. Thank you to those preachers that were here. Uh, I believe there are six of them. Is that right, John? Uh, and I set up those uh, preachers to come in. And as you know, I, I'm pretty um, intense about being intentional. So every person that was here preaching, uh, there was a reason uh, to bring them in. Uh, some were to, to really go, wow, we, wow, we really appreciate Pastor Drake. We wish he'd come back. But others might have, you know, like, this guy's really good. We wish Pastor Drake will never come back. And so, uh, but with the six different preachers or six different opportunities, John and Harvey was amazing last week. And oh man, there's a tall guy. I just saw uh, in the camera, you can only see him from here to here. Was that Perry? You guys remember him? And I was like, and so just a big guy. I actually know Perry Rodney well. Uh, And so let me just say from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you, uh, not only to the preachers, but as you well know, uh, one of the goals of a church is to get uh, direction in place, uh, to get things aligned, and uh, to, to perform in a way that's going to glorify, of course, a God and, and, and G, uh, you know, specifically speaking, Jesus. And that only happens when, uh, you know, let's use a metaphor, when a captain you know, can, can leave the ship, if you will, me being the co-captain, Jesus being the captain, I get it, but you allow those folks uh, that uh, you trust to take over, and, and nothing, and I mean nothing, uh, is off course, right on course. And so thank you, thank you for all of that, because that's exactly uh, what uh, happened. So uh, again, I, I just can't thank you enough for that. And now, at, hopefully you're, are you there at Esther chapter 4? Oh, good. Now, as you're continuing to get there, uh, let me say on this very chilly, a beautiful morning, it is so wonderful to be back. And Why? Because we are more better together. Are you with me? On three, everybody as loud as you can say, more better together. Ready? One, two, three. More better together. 
That's what I'm talking about. Now, for those who may be wondering who I am, welcome. You know, you came in this morning, I'm like, oh, you got new people. They're like, no, you're the new guy. I said, okay, all right, I'm with you. But for those who may not know who I am, my name is Drake. I am the guy who has been away for a while, and you can interpret that however you may. Okay, and uh, I've been away from a while, and of course, uh, I believe I'm still the directing senior pastor here. I, you know, <laughs> whatever that is, uh, that's uh, who I am. <laughs> that's what I thought. But again, let me say welcome, and I'm thrilled to to be back and sharing God's word today. So let's turn that corner and uh, let's go there. This week we start the second section. Of the seven sections out of the year's theme, understanding God through his epic story. Now hear this, the second section, which is the next couple of months, uh, is about uh, the power struggle people have with God and each other. The first section was all about uh, setting up the plot line for God, of course, and getting the setting in place and some different characters and you got to get the story set up, right? But now we're going to get into the problem of, of the story. And if you enjoy stories, you know every good story, movie or whatever, has a good problem with it. Well, let me say this. We have a good problem where we sit today. Because we have a power struggle, don't we? Not only with God, but with each other. And we're going to be looking at this over the next few months, what this is. Now, I believe most understand the most prominent problem people have today is believing. Now, hear this. They are God. Okay? Let that sink in. Now, most, especially Christians, would never say this, would they? However, you look at their actions their performances, and their behaviors. Their lives scream, I think I'm God. Just follow them around. Their actions say everything you need to know. Their words, eh. But you look at their actions, it says everything you need to know. And most live as if they are the center of the universe. You ever met somebody like that, especially a Christian, or even a church? They believe they're the center of the universe. You ain't God. Who told you that? Well, I'm like God. No, that doesn't mean you're God. And so, today, we're going to be looking at, uh, we're going to begin looking at this problem by uh, looking, we're going to begin the second section by understanding one of the boldest, most courageous, and most beautiful heroes of the Bible, Esther. And to keep things exciting and fun, you've already experienced it, we're going to use the comic book character Harley Quinn. Now, Queen Esther is a real character. We know Harley Quinn is, is, a, is a fictional character out of Batman now, the one who's in love with the bad guys, you know. But uh, we're going to uh, use her loosely to maintain, let's say, a fresh and relevant time in our message. We're not going to use her much, okay? I'll get too wrapped up in that. So with that, uh, read with me our verse to go 
uh, behind the scenes of the book of Esther to begin the message I've titled, Working Behind the Scene. Working Behind the Scene is the title of our message today. Now, before I get into the verse here, understand here, this, uh, we're going to read a verse. It's in the voice of Queen Esther. Okay? And she is a queen because she was a, a little bit of a party hound. You see why I use Harley Quinn now? A party hound, and she got into this position for all the wrong reasons. Anybody been there before? Come on now, let's be a little honest here. But she, she actually ended up queen as an, she's incognito. What do I mean by that? She is a Jew. But her husband, the king, does not know this. And he, because of his narcissistic and, and prideful ways, uh, and just did not care for the community that was part of this community, said, kill them all. And he put a law out there to kill the Jews. Now she's one. And so we're, we're going there right now with this verse, and we're going to see that she's going to step up to the plate with the, the Jewish community because she's going to go into uh, to the king and reveal her identity. Going back to what I already shared, y'all been party hounds, some of you, and then you finally get, you know what, this ain't working, and you got to go to your friends and say, hey, by the way, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Who's been in those shoes? Y'all quiet because you know the truth shall set you free. Okay, but she's going, she's going to do this, and, it, and it's going to take a lot of courage. And I would can think of the Holocaust in World War II here because this is a similar situation. In fact, Hitler kind of took his uh, lead from some of this along with some other bad guys in our, in our century, okay, in the past century. And so here, here is Queen Esther, Esther 4.16. She's talking to her community. She says, go, gather together now, all of the Jews who are in Susa, this is Persia, it's the capital of Persia, and fast for me. This is a tradition of the Jewish people at the time, and pray. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants, some of our attendants were Jews, will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king. Now the king is her husband. He's a little narcissistic. He's the one that says, I'm the king of my castle, and he meant it. Are you with me? Now, he's very narcissistic, and, and as I've already shared, we have a lot of narcissistic, let me say, people and Christians. And one of the symptoms of narcissism and pride is, I'm the king of my castle. Mm, be careful with that. Or the queen of my castle. This is my kingdom. You're building the wrong kingdom if that's your mentality. Be very careful with that. So we have a very, you know, there's a lot of narcissistic people in our world. There's a lot of narcissistic people. Let me stop here. Let me ask, uh, what are some of the symptoms of, of, of a narcissistic person uh, in, in your life? Somebody throw out a symptom. What is it? Pride. What else? What's that? It's all about me, right? I think I'm all that in a bag of Doritos with a Mountain Dew on the side. What else? Treat people as probably their subject. Right? Yeah, object. Anybody else? Come on. 
Arrogance. I can do no wrong. How about this one? Brother, we, we haven't met yet. I won't pick on the new people. I always do, sorry. <clears throat> but let's say we just met and then we come out here and you're going to share your... I saw you had some beautiful children and all that. And you start talking, but you think you have good children. Look at my children. All right? And you're showing me a picture and you're trying to be... And what did I do? I turned that around and I said, oh, look at mine. That's very narcissistic in nature. We do that all the time. We're just waiting for you to say something so we can brag. Very narcissistic. So when, when this is actually put in place here, okay, queen, the queen is going into somebody who is very narcissistic. Don't forget, we have churches over all the narcissistic. They're the ones that say, well, you can't come if you don't listen to our type of music. If you don't like what we like, get out. Narcissistic. If you're not like us, the be like me mentality, you can't come into our kingdom. No, that's not what our church is about. So I, I emphasize that because it's so important to understand what is being communicated. And she says, I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this does, I will go into the narcissistic king, even though it's against the law. And hear this, if I perish, I perish. I've got to do something so out of this. And if I die, I die is what she's saying. Because things have to change. Or a whole community, a whole church, a whole nation will perish. Are you with me? And we have to have the courage to step, uh, step up and say, if I perish, I perish. We've got to get that back into our, into our reality. Amen? Well, that was the opening verse. Now let me say this. Esther is uh, an exciting book of the Bible. I encourage everyone to read it. It contains your classic story ingredients. Of course, it has a bold, beautiful uh, uh, hero. Again, much like our fictional character, Harley Quinn. Also, the book has shifting love interests. If you love the channel Hallmark, Hallmark Channel, and you love those shifting love interests, you're going to love the book of Esther. It has a life and death threat to the good guys. And it has a villain, Haman, you absolutely love to hate. And of course, there is a good ending. Now understand, all the books in the Bible, there's not a good ending. You know, In life, there's either triumph or there's... Okay? In the storyline. Now this book has it all. Are you with me? It has everything except for one big ingredient. God. God is nowhere in this book. And never mentioned not even once. So where is God in the sacred story? Where is he indeed? Now with that question asked, where is God? Let me ask you this one. You didn't think you were going to get away from a question, without a question. Here's your question for today. In your life, have you ever sensed the absence of God? I want that to sink in. And I know every one of us could say yes. It's just the reality we live in. Well, tell me this. Do you think for a second 
God is not there. So, as we're getting into the message, understand God is behind the scene. Even when you believe or feel, He's not there. So again, where is God in this sacred story? Well, let me say this. If you're familiar with the literature of the day, especially the biblical literature, you know God's apparent absence is part of the book's brilliant literary design. And it is a sophisticated way of talking about God's providence. Now, if you don't know what providence is, just spell the word out, P-R-O-V-I-D-E-N-C-E, take off the N-C-E, and it provides provide. Providence. God provides for us. So it's a very sophisticated, excuse me, it's a sophisticated way of talking about God's providence and that God is always at work, even when we can't see him work uh, explicitly in our lives. Are you with me? So in other words, when hope seems gone, God is still at work no matter what you perceive, believe, or feel. Please hear that. And that's what the whole book of the book of Esther is about in our lesson today. I hope you're not bored with this because this is incredible. The lesson, no matter what. Here's, here is the nugget. Here's the treasure I'm going to give you. Lay up your treasures, right? Is that what the Bible says? Here it is. Get this into your bank account. Hope is always there, even in the darkest of time. There's your revelation today. It's called preaching. God is there working behind the scene always. And we need to believe and feel that. Are you still with me? God provides even when you or I perceive otherwise. Now I wish I had time to read this entire book to understand the crazy, wacky details of this book. We don't have that time. So let me give you a quick overview of this moving story from the book of Esther. Now, as I've already shared, Esther is an inspiring story for uh, anyone needing to confront or intervene when people are being hurt and hope seems gone. Are you with me? In Esther's day, the people of God, as I've already shared, uh, were going to be destroyed. And Esther was in a position to intervene. And like many who must confront abuse, of course Esther felt intimidated. Anybody here uh, been in that situation? Somebody's gossiping, slandering, or uh, hurting people spiritually or physically, and you feel intimidated? Well, Esther understands you and has walked in your shoes. Esther felt intimidated. And in the book, we read about uh, her reservations, right? Her fear. We see the support that she receives from others on both sides of this uh, uh, of the story. And then we see her ultimate resolve to follow through in the darkest of times. Hence her words, if I perish, I perish. 
Folks, when we see the evil of abuse, and I'm going to say physical or spiritual, what, what's wonderful in our day, when I say physical, we can pick up 911 or we can get to somebody and they can really uh, help. And so uh, even though we get into those altercations, but the nice thing is we can quickly find help. We've resolved that. What we haven't resolved is on the spiritual side now. Please don't misunderstand me. We still have challenges with the physical and we have to get involved. But I'm leaning towards the spiritual side and I think you understand why where we're at today in context. We cannot stand on the sidelines hoping someone else is going to get involved. Are you with me? We must get involved. Understand this. Hesitation on anyone's part only enables further abuse and the loss of hope. The story of Esther was written so we, God's people, will never forget the role and responsibility to get involved when people are being abused. And this is why Elevating Life Church exists to bring those spiritually abused, excuse me, especially by religion, is to bring back hope. Back hope in very dark times. We help people to see the light. Everybody as loud as you can say light. Light. To bring back good anticipation and get hope in place for a better reality, good or bad. Okay? Sometimes your reality has to get this way so you can go back that way. Just the way it is. If you've ever been to a dentist, you know what I'm talking about. And I hope every person here realizes your responsibility is to be a light in this reality, good or bad, to give hope. That's your responsibility. Raise your hand high if you've recognized this is your highest priority in all of your life roles. Raise your hand high. Some of you have them up. It's our highest priority to be a spiritual light no matter what. Now some might be saying, yeah, you know, Pastor Drake... Seem pretty pumped up after this 40 days. But I, yeah, you know, but I know I'm supposed to be the light. I believe that, but really, I'm only one person. I'm not a queen or a king or somebody of real influence or even anyone who, who really matters, and really in the bigger picture. I matter a little bit, but not in the bigger picture of things. How much light can I produce anyway? Well, know the issue here is not being a little or big light. Just understand you are to be the light in reality, big or small. The impact is entirely up to God. Are you with me? For people to have hope, all people, all people to have hope in the darkness, God's people must illuminate their light no matter how small or, or significant they think or feel or believe it may be. And I promise, I promise, I promise, a tiny light can make a tremendous difference and impact. Are you listening, teenagers? This is huge. Are you listening, mom and dad? Are you listening, everyone? It can make a tremendous difference in impact. What do you mean, Pastor Drake? Thank you for asking. What do I mean? Let me explain it this way. 
It's been a few years now, but my granddaughter, Lily Pad, she was a little Harley Quinn up here, and I were driving to our home just around the corner from here. Most of you know where I live. And it was a beautiful, sunny day. And life was good. In fact, we were at the park singing that SpongeBob song. It's a beautiful day or something. I can't remember. For two hours. It was that good of a day. So much so your pastor was singing SpongeBob songs. Now, as usual, we pull into the driveway and the garage door opens. You with little ones are going to relate here in a second. And we drive into the garage. It was wonderful. So wonderful. Until Papa pushes the garage door button in the car to close the door behind us. It closes, folks, and it is completely dark. It's daytime, so we go in there, no lights or anything from the car. It's completely dark. I mean, are you with me? Dark. And all of a sudden, out of the darkness, I hear this. Ah! Papa, I'm scared. Lily's in the back seat, losing her mind and crying all over the place. And she's in a complete state of panic. Anybody have been in this situation with your little ones? Or maybe your husband and wife, I don't know. So I opened the car door, hoping some lights would come on, but nothing. You know, the, car, the door lights, nothing comes on. And the screams get louder, and Lily starts sobbing like we've all done before as a, a scared little child. You know that? Where she's trying, <laughs> right? She can't get her. <laughs> I'm like, Lily, calm down. And I'm doing all I can to get to her. And when I do, I pick her up in my arms, of course, and calm her down. You know, you've all been told it, blow in her face. You know, calm down. <laughs> now, once she's calmed and, and secured in my arms, I'm a little freaked out because when other people are freaked out, you get freaked out. And because without a shadow of a doubt, it was pitch black in the circumstance I'm now experiencing. And I can't see anything, nothing. I said, where's the light? I can't. It's completely dark. And ha let me ask this. Has anybody maybe experienced this emotionally, intellectually, morally, or even spiritually speaking? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's shaking their hand. You can relate. And we've all been there. So I get my bearings about myself. And Lily's in my arms. So I, I look around and notice this little pin light across the dark room illuminating from the garage door opener on the wall across the way. Y'all have garage doors open, that little pin light. And I'm standing there. So I grab Lily and I, I say, Lily, you see that light? It's about 20 feet away from us. She says, yes, Papa. I say, keep your eyes on that little light. Don't take your eyes off it because you're going to freak out. Just follow the light. And please don't take them off. So it's the only, and I shared with her, it's the only hope to get out of the circumstance to bring the more significant light into the garage. Are you with me? So she says, Okay, Papa, I trust you. Good. <laughs> 
So I navigate us through this confusion of, of darkness, if you will, with this tiny little, so seeming, insignificant light to get us where we need to be. And we arrive at it, and let me say it wasn't easy, because if you know Sherry and I, we just throw stuff all over the place, and we'll clean it up next week, right? Who's with me? <laughs> and so we're na- I'm navigating, and you're like, good night, I couldn't see anything. But it wasn't easy, but uh, then our little lily pad there, our little uh, Harley Quinn for the day, reaches out to the light and pushes the button to reveal the more significant light to light up our reality, making all things good once again. Thank you, Jesus, right? Likewise, my friends, I need a drink out of that one. Likewise, you are to trust God, stay focused on the light of goodness, the delight of the Lord in the book of Isaiah and, and who Christ is, and navigate your reality, good or bad, with it so you can bring the more significant light into your reality no matter what. Does that make sense? So again, our lesson today is hope is always there, even in the darkest of times. And once again, let me stress that all of us are to be the light no matter how dark it gets to draw people to the more significant light of God's reality. We, we may not even know why our lives unfold a, a particular way. We have no idea why it does sometimes, do we? But we can have confidence knowing that God will redeem every part of our lives, even in our pain and, of course, in the darkest of times. And like Esther, we can respond to our circumstances with choices that can make a profound difference in our lives and in the lives of other people. Hence why Elevating Life Church together. You see, we trust in God's care, in His providence for us always. And understand, we may face a problem we didn't even create, but we can always be part of the solution by having the courage to choose what is good and right in the, in the delight or in the goodness of the Lord again. Now with this in place, let me ask you this. What about you? What about you? When God seems absent, do people see the light through your actions? Do they experience love and joy and peace? Don't forget, peace is a quality of a Christian, and when they have it, it inspires trust. Do they see that that peace? Do they see patience? Or do they see recklessness and anxiety? What do they see? Do they see that? Or do they experience moral darkness and ugliness of behavior and mannerism uh, towards the world's preference or likings or, or their own narcissistic ways and prideful ways? Which is it? Today I encourage each to reflect on their reality, your own reality, and stop increasing the darkness by not following God's principles and following your feelings, please stop. Now we have feelings, but hey, we use that to fuel us so we can emote those feelings to others to serve them with love and kindness and everything I just mentioned. So I encourage you to stop increasing the darkness in this world 
and dispute it in your life and choose to be like Esther, a reflection of Christ in the Old Testament, a reflection of the Messiah, to be a light, great or small, to bring uh, hope to yourself and others in the darkest of time. Be like Esther in her day where God seemed absent. And know God is always working behind the scene no matter what. Be a person who is brave enough even when their feelings and circumstances and relationship seem hopeless. Stop hesitating, my friends, and stand up and do the right thing again and again in the faith no matter what. Do the right thing. And as you are doing so and have to make hard decisions for the purpose of God in your life and for the life of those we decide to spend with, follow Esther's example. Step up, even if the threat of death is looming. Step up and be the person of God you claim to be. And like Esther, if you perish, you perish. Amen? The message, working behind the scenes. God bless you.